0: Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kosak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you noticed it's a little hot out recently? Well, it may not be as hot as it is on the mainland, but we certainly do have our fair share of warm weather. And when it gets hot outside... We need to know what the signs and symptoms are of when our body gets hot inside. Particularly for people as they get older, they may not be able to self-regulate their temperature. And as a result, people can get dehydrated pretty quickly. What are the common signs and symptoms of trouble? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I have Dr. Stephanie Fleagle. I got that correct. You did. I'm glad. From Kaiser Permanente, and we're going to be talking today. She's been at Kaiser for about the last six years in family practice and is a specialty in geriatrics. And we're going to talk a little bit about how can you beat the heat? What are the signs and symptoms to recognize? And what sorts of things do people need to be mindful of so that they don't wait until they feel super thirsty? Because if you do, you might have waited too long. So thank you for joining me today. Sure. Happy to be here. Now, when we talk about weather, the, you know, a lot of people laugh and say, Hawaii, the weather's the same all the time. But in fact, we do have a little bit of a rainy season and then we have sort of a hotter season. And sort of towards, you know, July, August, September, this is when we're really getting into the hottest time. They talk about air conditioning in schools and students being too hot to learn. But we also see some troubles with people just if you go outside on the weekend, if you don't do a lot of activities or you're normally in air conditioning, and you might realize, hey, it really is hot during the day because I'm not outside a lot during the rest of the week. What are some of the signs that people could physically notice that it really is a bit
1: hot outside? Sure. Well... I like to think about different forms of, it's called heat illnesses. So if you start with some of the milder symptoms, you're looking at something called heat exhaustion um, or what could lead up to heat exhaustion. And that's when a person looks like they're really overheated. So they start getting excessively sweaty. They may not be able to carry on with whatever activity they were doing. They're so exhausted that they have to stop. They also might get a little confused, a little disoriented, and sometimes complain of a headache, dizziness, or even upset stomach, um, nausea, vomiting, might even have diarrhea, muscle cramps. It's a, As you can see, it's a wide variety of things that could start to happen. So you could go from, hey, I'm just going to go work
0: in the garden outside to huh, I'm starting to feel a little dizzy. And that's one of the early symptoms you might want to look at. Or for those people who notice, boy, I'm sweating a lot more than usual, those are signs to pick up on. Now, Mm -hmm. prior to doing some of those activities, uh, can somebody just work on super hydrating, drinking a lot of fluids? Should they be mindful of the time duration that it's been since they've last eaten if they're about to go do a long sort of somewhat strenuous activity?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. And my field in, in geriatrics that I focus on a lot, we talk about a lot of things that you might not think of that could lead to dehydration, uh, especially in older adults who have not only numerous chronic conditions that they've accumulated, but also medications that they might be on. I love talking about medications. In geriatrics, it's fun to think about what could your medications be doing that might work against you. And in this case, um, even common medications like blood pressure medications, like beta blockers that some folks might know of metoprolol, carvedilol, propranolol, or diuretics like hydrochlorothiazide or furosemide. Those can put you at risk for being either dehydrated or also having the inability to regulate your temperature as well. Uh, there's many more, by the way. Um, it's but, those the but those are some of the big ones. But those are some of the big ones.
0: So if you're on a diuretic, you might be getting rid of all your fluid and then you need to have even more when it's hot. Yeah. Those beta blockers, you know, if your heart normally can compensate by pumping a little faster, it can't when you're on a beta blocker. Yeah. Because that's keeping your heart from working too hard. But unfortunately, that normal response of, hey, my heart's going faster because I need to have you know, more oxygen to my body because I don't have the fluids, well, it can't do that anymore. Yeah. So getting dizzy might be a sign or a symptom. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned there are some things you said, medications that can cause it. Mm-hmm. So somebody could be on the same stable medicines all the time have perfect blood pressure when they check in with their doctor. And yet during the summertime, maybe because it's hotter out and Mm. they're not hydrating, now this can have an effect. So even if you're stable on your blood pressure medicine, if you go outside and decide you're going to work in the garden because it's beautiful and it's nice out, you got to be
1: mindful. That's exactly right.
0: Now, some of the things that people can do staying hydrated, there's this old sort of adage that says, hey, if you go ahead and you wait until you're thirsty, you waited too late. Hmm. Is that something that you tell some of your older patients, make sure they drink before they
1: go outside, Mm -hmm. maybe bring some hydration with them? For sure. And you really hit the nail on the head because as you get older, just with normal aging, the mechanism that tells you you're thirsty, it kind of lessens or dampens. So... Actually, I think about my own, my own grandmother saying, oh, my grandfather will never drink enough water. And he says, I'm not thirsty. Well, you know, it's very typical to hear, I'm just not thirsty. So I try to tell folks, it, you really need to make it part of your routine to have enough fluid throughout the day.
0: Well, and the other excuse that I often hear is, well, I don't want to have to go shishi when I'm out outside. Yeah. And I don't want to have to come in and run to the bathroom. So I'll just drink water when I come back inside. And although that sounds like such a good plan, it's not a good plan at all. Because then you might actually physically get dehydrated trying to withhold the fluid. And, well, you're right. You're not going to pee, but you're not going to do a lot of other things, too. <laughs> and one of those is stay alert. So we talked about some of the medications people could look at some of the things they could do in advance. What about some of the things you could do when you're doing an activity? I mean, is it that important to really be careful of the times that you're out? You know, I always think about getting sunburned between 10 and 2. In Hawaii, it's sort of like between 10 and 4. Mm-hmm. But if you're out in the heat of the sun, that
1: also makes a difference mm-hmm. if you're not in the shade too. That's true. And actually, I was I was thinking between 10 and 4 is a good time frame to to try to avoid if possible, to avoid activities outside in the blazing sun. And if you are outside because you can't help it or you just really want to be, you should try to uh, wear clothing that is loose-fitting, that's made of cotton material that helps breathe a little bit better. Wear a hat, like a wide-brimmed hat, to keep the sun off your face. and, And this will help you stay cooler as you're outside. And stay in the shade, and definitely, if that's an option, you know i I'm, I'm always about shade because mm-hmm. I burn, and it
0: doesn't mean you know some people think well i don't want to you know if I'm outside i just I, I don't want to take off my sweater or I don't want to take off my clothes. you don't have to just get really light fabrics. Mm-hmm. They do have those fabrics that sort of whisk away sweat too, mm-hmm. so that also can be mm-hmm. helpful. But there's this other thing that I've heard, and that's maybe a well. I know
1: it's a complete generalization. Old people don't sweat. Mm. That's that's really interesting. Um, it it's not true, but they just will have a harder time getting the the sweat to the surface. So sweating is. The primary way that we get rid of heat, there's other ways, but that's the primary way that our bodies can get rid of heat when it's starting to um, get too hot out. And not only do, as we talked about, medications might interfere with that, but just normal changes with aging can um, can impair the ability to get that heat to the surface of the skin. So they're just not as efficient as as at sweating. And
0: therefore, they can overheat. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk some more about that as it seems like every year we hear about people who overheated on the mainland and died of heat exhaustion or heat illnesses. So we'll talk more about what that means and how we can avoid it. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Stephanie Fliegel from Kaiser Permanente. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about how do people get to the point where it starts to affect them medically? And when do you know it's the sign of an emergency? We'll be right back. Welcome back to the body show i 'm dr. Kathleen kozak and i 'm here in the studio with Dr. Stephanie Flegel from Kaiser Permanente. She is a family practice geriatric specialist, and we 're talking a little bit about how to beat the heat, what happens if you go outdoors and you really want to make sure that you 're not exposing yourself to the potential for heat exhaustion now we've talked about this occurring in older patients. this can actually also occur in the youth you know we hear about Kids who go and do a lot of sports, they play football or long-distance track or they're doing some sort of athletic event. So although this is something we see in the geriatric population, we can see it in the youth as well. For sure. So muscle cramps and things for Mm -hmm. them that they might be associated with a higher level of activity before they get this. The type of things we're talking about can help just about anybody. Definitely. So- what are some of the early symptoms? Let's just say that somebody's outside and maybe they're doing, you know, yard work around the house because they can, they're older, they're retired, they're outdoors and they're on medication, but they're really careful about which ones, you mentioned some of the early symptoms that they may have trouble. So what would be some of those things? The dizziness might be something, but is there anything else someone's going to notice that they're spiraling towards this path, and how can they catch themselves and bring themselves back to staying out of trouble?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, probably the most important thing is if there's, we, we refer to neurologic changes. That simply means something like confusion, greater confusion. And that's always uh, basically an emergency in an older person. But when we're talking about heat illness, uh, like you said, it can affect all, really, the whole spectrum of ages. And it's those neurologic changes. So either severe confusion or either loss of consciousness those that would be the key to tell you this is an emergency, and sometimes folks are actually not sweating when they're they're getting towards something called heat stroke. That would be the emergent condition. Now, how can you check a temperature accurately? Well, unfortunately, um, you really need to do a rectal thermometer to get a true. Uh, core body temperature. Okay, that'll wake up yeah. someone from
0: neurologic <laughs> confusion.
1: Yeah, so um, if you suspect you might not want to focus on getting the right temperature and just call 911, and that can be determined by emergency personnel, and a lot of thermo- thermometers will not even go up high enough to tell you. Uh, sometimes the temperatures, um, heat stroke occurs above 104 degrees. And so some most pe- thermometers wouldn't even read it. exactly. So, the thing to focus on would be calling 911 and getting the person into a cool location as soon as possible.
0: Now, if somebody's sort of on the border and they're willing to drink fluids Mm -hmm. and they're willing to cool themselves down cold compresses, etc. Mm-hmm. That's somebody who if they start to act a little confused, but they're starting to recover with the fluids and with the laying down and relaxing and cooling, yeah. they could probably keep an eye on that for a while if they continue to improve. Yep. But if they stop improving, if the confusion lasts, if they refuse any more fluids, then that's your 911 call.
1: Yeah. And even um it might be to the extent where they're not talking to you so you don't know if they can even swallow the fluids well and and for an older person they could actually um they, they could, could choke on it yeah. And that would be another
0: problem with aspiration and getting yeah. th- fluids down the wrong pipe and things like that. So is that really what happens? You know, every summer we hear about people who there's a heat wave and they talk about these horrible temperatures that I'm so gluck- lucky <laughs> we don't have. You know, they'll say it's 120 in Arizona or something to that nature. Yeah. And is that sort of what happens? Someone physically overheats and when their temperature goes up to 104, 105, does the body just stop functioning the way that it should? Basically. Basically, yes. Um, it can lead to multi-system organ failure. So all the organs, your kidneys yeah. stop working, your liver stops cleaning the body's blood, you name
1: it, it's just going south. That's right. You can start having seizures. And the the tragic thing is this is something that could be prevented. That's why we are emphasizing all the risks, I think. But um, it, it could lead to death. And
0: that's what we hear o- yeah. often. You'll hear, you know, in the middle of Chicago, there was someone who died of they were found in their apartment with no ventilation and there's heat and it's so hot in this place. And mm-hmm. even with some of the supremely tragic things we hear about with parents who might just unfortunately forget there's a child in the back seat, and they're left in the car during the day and, you know, the parents come out and suddenly find out that they're adored, loved child is no longer with them because they got so hot and they couldn't regulate their Mm -hmm. body temperature. So this really is serious. And although it sounds like we're saying, just drink a lot of fluids, you'll be okay, there's a lot more to it. So if you do wind up getting into the emergency room, they actually have things. They do cooling blankets, Mm -hmm. they do cold IV fluids, they try and bring the person back to a regular temperature, cool them down. Is that something that is easy to do in your experience? Do you ever see where that doesn't work?
1: It's, um, it's known to be the, the best way to prevent the tragic um, outcomes from heat stroke. So uh, it turns out that if you can cool the person as soon as possible, it can prevent uh, most of the time can prevent death. I've even had um, someone I knew who collapsed doing a marathon, like you were saying, it could be young, healthy adults, and his temperature was 110 degrees. And when his wife wow. finally found him, yeah, um, he was only 95 or 96 degrees when she got to the hospital, and she thought they overshot. And it turns out that just dropping the temperature as soon as possible, it actually saves the organs and saves the life.
0: Well, you know, they also talk about some of those things with people who have heart attacks for a while. They were looking Mm -hmm. at lowering the temperature of people who have this extreme stress on their body. And they've actually found in ICU settings and other areas that potentially lowering the body's temperature can help put the body into this... Not necessarily into an area where it's too cold, but slow down the body demands. And so mm. if you slow the demand for oxygen and, and the types of nutrients, then you also can give yourself some time to deliver those. Mm. So it sort of puts the body almost in this hibernation mode that's protective mm. in a good way. So those things we've seen have been helpful. Now, people who go to the emergency room, always better to get checked out. You can get IV fluids there if necessary. You can get initial treatment. If you're there, it could lead to admission. If your kidneys are affected, your liver is affected, you may need to stay overnight for continuous IV fluids. Mm -hmm. So those situations, I mean, being admitted certainly is a reason that people want to be extra careful. And the other things that can happen, I would imagine, would be potential infections. Mm -hmm. You know, if your kidneys aren't functioning, you could get a bladder infection. And then that could lead to some other troubles. So we really are trying to prevent people heading down a bad path. And hopefully... That's something that we won't see that a lot of folks suffer from. We're sort of lucky here in the islands. We have such nice trade winds most of the time that if you just open up a window, you might get some air and get some circulation. But there are certain times of the year when we don't have such nice trade winds, <laughs> and that puts us at risk. What could somebody have available in their current living space to make sure that they have what they might need to prevent it? Should people start getting you know, containers of water, keeping them in the house, Is it something that there's any preventative measures we can take?
1: Sure. Um, We know that air conditioning is one of the most effective ways to prevent heat related illnesses. And it's something that I've even just recently was talking with a patient about because it took a little bit of talking with the landlord and that sort of thing. At 88 years old, the daughter was concerned. And I'm glad she got it because being higher up in a lot of the condos might put you at increased risk. Heat rises. It does. So air conditioning is better than anything. It's better than fans. Uh, That's what the research shows. But if you cannot get the air conditioning you can get solar blinds for the windows to try to keep the heat out and stay lower in the home if you can or go out and check out um, for our older adults check out the senior centers or the mall or go shopping or something to stay cool during the day So go somewhere where there's air conditioning. Yeah, exactly.
0: You mentioned the need for the air conditioner. That's often, if necessary, a medical accommodation. Yeah. You know, I've had people who have asthma or they have COPD, and we need to actually get them some kind of air conditioning because of that medical condition that's worsened by the weather, whether it be the VOG or whether it be some of the particulate matter in the air or just the temperature of the air. Sometimes on medical grounds you need to actually have those types of things allowed it's not that landlords are going to pay for it you may Mm -hmm. have to purchase it yourself but it may be something that's medically necessary for you to enjoy that particular unit or the location where you live Mm -hmm. and there you're right there are places that don't necessarily have that available Mm -hmm. there are some in-room air conditioners as well right i know a couple of years ago when there was such a heat wave some of the schools were actually trying to bring these in room air conditioners that don't need a window mm-hmm. to be exhibiting or to, to be getting the air. And the downside was they, they were very expensive, but also you'd go to Home Depot or City Mill or Lowe's and you'd see that they were all gone already yeah. <laughs> because everybody purchased them. So if you can't, if you don't have an accessible window, there are some other options. And you certainly can get one that's a standalone in the room. And it does tend to work. Also, you mentioned go places that are air conditioned. I got to tell you. I went to a movie a couple of weeks ago with the recliner seats. Those are nice. I mean, I didn't want to leave. You know, why just watch one movie? Why not watch four? I mean, you're in a recliner. You have food in front of you. It was just so relaxing. So, And there's better ticket prices during the day. These are great points. I think I might use that next time You know, go asking. see a movie, right. Put your feet up. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak wanting to run away to the movies. I'm here with Dr. Stephanie Flegel, and she is from Kaiser Permanente. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some of the things we can do to beat the heat in all different ages and all different temperatures so that we don't overheat and have these consequences that can really be literally lethal. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Stephanie Flegel from Kaiser Permanente. She's a family practice geriatric expert, and we're talking about ways to try and keep people from overheating when the summertime comes. And when we get to that super hot time of the year, now we didn't mention something that's one of my favorites. You know, we are surrounded by the ocean, and getting in cool water can also help, whether it be the ocean. Whether it be a pool, there are some, particularly some of the condominiums have pools that are available Mm -hmm. that you can go in that may not be extremely hot or may not be heated. And if you know how to swim and or you're not afraid of getting wet, another great option for you. Definitely. Now, if you don't know how to swim, there's lots of places that'll teach you. I think the YMCA has swimming classes and I think American Red Cross has swimming classes and sometimes lifeguards offer some swimming classes as well. Another option, I think, is when it gets really hot, go head to the coast. It really can be nice.
1: Yeah, we live in such a wonderful place that has has the ocean all around us. And uh, for our seniors, I like to also promote that just for exercise. And there's a lot of um, good classes at the various um, athletic centers for pool group
0: exercise. Right, and it's weightless. So yep. that your joints don't have that effect. And the nice thing is if you fall when you're in the water, you just get wet. That's right. You know, you generally don't break a body part yeah. because you're, you're buoyed by the water, which can help as well. Now, pools are certainly something people can do. I've heard a couple of myths. So let's talk about, let's do a little myth busting. And uh, that way you can sort of tell me what your thoughts are based on what I've heard different people say to me. Okay. So I've heard people say, if you wear sunscreen, then you reflect the sun so you can't get
1: overheated. True or false? Hmm. I I haven't heard that one. <laughs> and I would not recommend that as a use for uh def- for staying cool. Definitely because use it to protect your skin. Protect your skin. Yeah. It's
0: not going to make your body any cooler. No. It may affect, you know, the UVA UVB light absorption, but that's about it. Okay. I've heard people say, well, if I drink water and and I just drink enough of it and I carry some with me, then I'll just drink when I'm thirsty and that can prevent me from getting dehydrated.
1: Well, again, um, for all age groups, that's, that's not true. I, I always think about our older adults where, as we discussed, they won't have as much of the thirst mechanism to tell you you're thirsty. Uh, and... Uh, in order to prevent these things, you do need to stay hydrated before you are exposed to the heat. I've heard people say, well, I drank coffee this morning. That should work. <laughs> uh, it, is a, it is a fluid, uh, but it has caffeine in it, usually, if you drink regular. And that's known to be dehydrating. It kind of acts like a diuretic. Yeah. All right. I've had people say, well, I'm thirsty. I'm going to go get a soda. That'll help. Again, uh, I think a lot of times folks don't realize how much caffeine is in readily available beverages. So um, soda, again, it is a fluid, but a lot of times it has a caffeine in it, and that's not good for hydration. And I've heard folks say, if I just drink lots and lots and lots of water, nothing bad can happen. Well... That's not true either. Um, There can be an imbalance of your electrolytes if you really overdo it with the fluids. But our older adults, they're far more susceptible to having electrolyte imbalances. Um, Again, combination of chronic conditions, medications, and inability to regulate these things as well. So uh, you also can overdo it with the fluids.
0: That's that sodium. You know, if your salt levels go too low because you drank so much fluid in your body and your kidneys can't compensate, that can be dangerous too. Oh, yeah. Now, what about making sure that your fluids have calories
1: in them? That's a good idea if you're physically active? Well, um, to some extent, it depends how much you're exerting yourself. Um, And you can use sports drinks, which will have some calories and some salts in them. That's what they're made for, for when you're exerting yourself. Well, that's where they got Gatorade and Mm -hmm. came from the Florida Gators. I think the coach
0: said, I got to come up with a sports drink for my team, thus Gatorade, which, you know, came from that particular sports. I think it was football that they developed it and certainly does help. It does replenish some electrolytes. Now, certain medical conditions can put you at greater risk. Diabetics may also, if their sugars are way out of control already have a situation of imbalance in their body and be more likely to get a little dehydrated, I would think.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, So another reason to preemptively hydrate, it's good for your sugars and it's good for preventing heat illness.
0: But you can't just drink so much water, your sugar goes down.
1: Um, uh, not usually.
0: No, that's <laughs> unfortunately not the way. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna not see how it. I would recommend. No, no, diabetes. I'm going to go eat cake and drink a lot of water and yeah. it'll all equal out. No, 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 <laughs> not really the case. So have you ever been to that point where you felt that I'm dehydrated? I'm on the edge. Have you ever
1: unfortunately gotten to that area? Um, yeah, personally, I have. I'm from the East Coast, and it gets very, very, very humid there. And once the humidity is so great in the environment, the, the mechanism to get rid of the heat, which is sweating, it's overcome by all the moisture in the air. And um, that has happened to me. And it's a very weird, scary feeling. It's kind of strange. I've had it happen
0: once when I was actually doing some athletic activity. <laughs> it was a little beyond what I should have been doing. But yeah, you, it's, it's a very unusual feeling. But you know it. As long as you can act on that and you have fluids and you have some type of water bottle or you have something that you can bring with you, try if you start to have those symptoms to kind of avert that. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly think we have learned a lot. Keep your fluids handy. Make sure you drink them. Before you go out, avoid those hours. I know you mentioned certain hours about 10 to 4 or so. Mm-hmm. And really just try and keep yourself in a situation where you're hydrating as best as you can so that you don't wind up having that issue with heat illness and heat exhaustion. I want to thank you for joining us today on The Body Show. Thank you. All right. If you'd like to hear our show again, you can always click on our podcast to iPublicRadio.org or the app on the uh, Android or Apple phone that you can listen to at any time and live stream. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Thank you to Dr. Stephanie Flegel from Kaiser Permanente for joining us today. And we will see you next week right here on The Body Show when we talk about more ways to stay healthy and keep yourself well throughout the year.